Live. Welcome to the program here. The number, should you wish to join us, is 603-283-6160 on this pre-Porkfest edition. I mean, Porcupine Freedom Festival has begun, but the Free Talk Live broadcasts from the Porcupine Freedom Festival will begin tomorrow. What happened today uh, is Aria and Mark Edge have headed up to... The campground at Rogers Campground, where the Porcupine Freedom Festival has been happening for more than a decade uh, in a row. The event itself, I believe, is coming up on either year 20 or year 19. I'll have to double check on that. But it's it's been going on for a while. But they, they started at Rogers Campground in like 2003. And it uh, looks like it's 19 this year. And then they went to a different campground after a few years, went back to Rogers Campground, I believe, starting in 2009. So that's where everybody is. Uh, I'm sure the numbers are starting a little light, as they usually do, but it's a 3,000-person event mm. this year that is completely they're gonna, sold They're going to run out of room for the for the big group photo. That would be mm. a good problem to have. Uh, but Absolutely. Of course, not everybody shows up to the group photo just because that's, you know, you can't herd cats, as they say. With you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. Nobody. And Conan. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is completely sold out. Somebody was asking online today, are there day passes available? No. No, there are not day Can passes. Can you sneak in? I don't know. Uh, that is an important question, Conan, because for most of its history, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has been a pretty loose thing. Like, if you're on the campground and you're not going to Porkfest, that was fine in the past. Mm-hmm. And then there was a period of time when People the were organizers crack, they were, were cracking, down. cracking down. And they had, like, security agents uh, <laughs> searching cars. The, uh, golf carts. Mm. You know, looking for passes and that sort of thing. And then the, the uh, attendants tur- had a downturn. After that, after they went real crazy with the security and and all the rules, attendance had a downturn. And what happened was there was an event called the uh, called Fork Fest that started, which is, by the way, entering its sixth year. That starts next Monday on the same campground. And the people that wanted to uh, have this alternative festival said, you know, we're tired of all the rules. We're tired of the, you know, the vendor fees and all the stuff that has sort of been cooked up over the years. According to the organizers, they believed that it was making Porkfest better, but a lot of people said, no, it's going too far. It's gone away from the original drive of the event, the original vision for what Porkfest was. And so they created a decentralized alternative. And what ended up happening was, at least what I like to believe, is that the people who were sort of protesting the Porcupine Freedom Festival ended up influencing the Porcupine Freedom Festival yep. to go back. That's how, a, that's how the free market works. Yeah, that's how competition works. In a decentralized direction. And mm. so after completely just scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, for a little while, they decided, all right, well, this isn't working. The old model isn't working anymore of we need vendor fees. We need to tell all the vendors where they have to be and that kind of thing. Uh, and they they got rid of what they call the Agora Alley, uh, I think is what it was called, or Agora Valley. Yeah. And because no one was locating there anymore, the vendors were were starting to voluntarily locate themselves. It was I think it was 2019 uh, was the final year of the old system because the vendors in a, as a group were so frustrated with all the fees and the rules and all that to vend in this sort of hot spot mm-hmm. called Agora Valley on the campground. It's the, it was sort of like the rows of uh, RV sites that were the closest to the to the main area of the pavilion. And so they created their own strip. They created their own vendor area, basically, that was like five or six rows down. So it was mm-hmm. just sort of in the normal camping area. 
and they called it where it's at and they 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 got bandit signs and they put them up all around the the campground <laughs> letting people know of like hey we're still here you know if you you like the uh the pizza place or the barbecue place or whatever we're still here we're just down on row number five or whatever it was yeah that was and, that was actually the year that i i looked into actually going down there and just vending going back you mean because you used to I, i've only ago, i've only right? actually been to one mm-hmm. it was and by the way great really? event um uh but uh being 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 away for an entire week is not easy for me you got but a lot of plants and animals, I got, uh, and, animals stuff. and plants and the whole nine and work and it's just it's just a pain in the butt but but, it, uh, but i actually wanted to vend I was just gonna. I was just gonna do food, mm-hmm. and I started looking at all their rules and stuff. And I'm like, and and the and having to buy an, an extra or having to actually rent a a space for vendors. I think I guess it was the Agora Valley yeah. area. You got to pay more. I had to pay more, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? This is this is no no screw this. Yeah. And I guess they have. Uh, uh, I guess I guess enough vendors or pe- like minded people like me decided to to back off, and I guess it is reflected on uh on on present day uh uh ideas on how to run the run run the system which is and this is like i said it's a good thing that uh uh you know that the it was just uh, they, in time. that they've come to their senses in my opinion yeah there's definitely a, a downturn in the ag, in the agra valley po- uh population i remember that the one year that it was just um 2019 was like a ghost town yeah there, there were no more there. there were more vendors outside agra yeah. alley than inside yeah, there was one guy, uh, there was like one guy who was there selling knives or something like that, and he didn't get the memo. You know, he, he, he's just kind of like from the outside, he didn't, you know, he's, he didn't know, he's not connected with the community of activists here in New Hampshire, so he didn't know what was happening about this sort of exodus. And he ended up going to Roger's campground and asking if he could change his campsite Ooh. to leave Agro Valley and go to this hot spot. Hot spot. Because so that's ended, where it was at. Yeah. He, so he ended <laughs> up migrating at? away. And so the organizers of the event, I think they finally got the you know the message. And they said, all right, well, 2020, we're going to decentralize. We're going to go back to the old style. We're going to let people set up wherever they damn well want. First come, first serve. You know, if you want to get the, the Agro Valley spots, we're just, you, you can just get them a regular price. Mm-hmm. Right? Regular rental rental from the, the campground kind of price. And uh, and it went really well. It you know the the life came back to isn't that, that event something isn't instantly. that isn't that the core like yeah. one of the core tenets you know of central have how central planners screw Doesn't everything work. up yeah just mm-hmm. let people do what they do even well intentioned libertarian central planners exactly. still fail and so it was a it was a really wonderful thing now what we saw happen after that and I didn't get to go and neither did you last year nobody you were still in jail I was out but I was on an incredibly restrictive uh, set of bail conditions they wouldn't even let me I couldn't leave my house without asking for permission in advance and even though I asked for permission to go they told me nope you can't go I couldn't even go up for a day they wouldn't even let me leave my house for that Wow. And uh, so you and I didn't get to experience 2021, but we do know that it was sold out for the very first time ever. So they started a good thing in 2020 by decentralizing the event. And then in 2021, for the first time in its, at that time, 18-year history, the event sold out. The park itself was sold out. Every campsite was sold out. The tickets were sold out. And so it was an incredible success. And they did something a, a little different in 2021 as opposed to 2020. 2020 was like total decentralization. 2021, they brought in these hubs, this sort of hub concept where anybody can start what they call a hub and sort of register it with the Porcupine Freedom Festival and set their own schedule. You know, if you wanted to have, Conan, if you wanted to have the farmer hub or something like that or, you know, grow your own food 
they probably have that. I don't know. Like right, I said, right. I, didn't, I didn't go. And you could set that up, and then it would appear on like the official schedule. So there's still that little aspect of the centralization of there's still a website, porkfest.com. It still has you know, a schedule on it, but it's a more decentralized way of kind of setting a schedule. So instead of it just being what's happening on the main stage, now there's – if you look at the schedule, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, you couldn't possibly go to all the things uh, that are going on. So it seems like it's been a real um, positive move for the event, especially now that they've sold out two years in a row. So again, this year it's sold out. And they even increased the number of tickets this year. So even though last year was sold out, it was sold out at 2,500 tickets. This year they increased it to 3,000 tickets, which is really the maximum number of people that the park can can handle and mm-hmm. even that is being generous because you got to bring in bathrooms from the outside if you want to if you want to put that many people in rogers campground you gotta you can't gotta, rely on the existing you gotta bathrooms. swap the system yeah L- literally mm-hmm. swap yeah. the system and it's happened before yes it has um, that, it, it happened occasions. when i was there you know showers were down for right. days because they just got stopped up ran out of water and or stopped up i can't remember which was which was which way i think both of those things have happened actually Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been an interesting history watching the the event develop over the years. I um, unfortunately cannot go again due to my curfew this year, although I will be able to go up for a day. But i got to go up and come back the same day and be back wow, by 11 o'clock at night. Six hours round, round trip. Suck. Yeah. yeah, that's annoying. But you know what? I'd rather go up one day than zero days, and it'll be really cool to see the well, Make, see sure, the make sure you let, let the people know which day you're going up there. So you can yeah, go. it's going to be Friday. Uh, I'm going to speak, actually, at 1 o'clock on the main stage we got more coming up here if you're on the campground you want to give us a report from day one feel free to uh, to join us yep. it's free talk yeah! it is free talk live and you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 Bring up whatever you want to discuss at 603-283-6160. Porcupine Freedom Festival is kicking off today. It was kind of like day zero, if you will. They're still setting up the tents. The uh, Porcupine uh, Freedom Festival is uh, in its 19th year. It's an amazing, very successful libertarian camping event that is completely sold out for the second year in a row. Uh, I believe the registration tent opened at three o'clock in the afternoon. Normally, it's open at you know eight or nine in the morning or something like that on the on most the rest of the week. That's that's when it'll be likely. Uh, but they were still setting up the tents this morning, so it's kind of a it's kind of a setup day. The vendors are arriving, likely they're getting their stuff set up. Usually, there's some early birds. Some people show up on uh, Sunday and Saturday, and they get set up early. So there's you know, sometimes you can eat something if you're if you're there earlier on the weekend. But usually, it's, it's cool. It's cold, cold morning. So uh, yeah, that's you, right. Historically, I think that uh, a lot of rain and a lot of heat. But you for can. what? But for whatever reason, it's been cool this whole weekend. You can get rain, that's for sure. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's barely any. Sometimes you get a little bit here and there, and and that's about it. So you never know what the weather's going to do up there. The uh, the old joke is it's New England. You know, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yep. Um, so it's Ian Nobody and Conan here in the studio tonight doing what is probably going to be the last live show of the week or maybe the next two weeks, depending on how things go on the campsite. Both Aria and Mark are there. They've got the campsite set up at RV Site 46. So if you're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you want to swing by and say hi to the Free Talk Live crew, that's where you'll find us. It's fairly easy to find. It's near one of the end caps on uh, the RV rows. So we'll look forward to seeing you there. We have, uh, of course, Free Talk Live and LR. RN.FM bumper stickers on hand, 
and also the uh, the Shire Society uh, lanyards that a lot of people like. The Shire Society, of course, is a voluntary association of individuals who've declared their independence from the state. And that was formed, back, by the way, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival back in 2010. Mm-hmm. That was 12 years ago. That's the year Ron Paul was there, right? He, uh, no, I don't think Ron Paul's ever been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Really? No, he spoke years ago, I think probably Liberty 2008 Forum? at the Liberty Forum. Oh, okay. And it was either 2008 or 2007, somewhere in that range. One of the earliest Liberty Forums, the main speaker was Ron Paul, and boy, they packed the house for that one. Oh, uh, But no, I don't think he's ever come out to, um, to Porkfest. However, Ron Paul has signed the Shire Society Declaration. Yeah, that's, that's why I thought he was there the yeah. year that it... The year that it started, he actually has kind of uh, resurfaced. I guess he was at the last uh, Libertarian Party convention, which he hasn't been to in That's a while. Right. Well, he was um, actually there as a guest of the Mises Caucus, as I understand. Right. Um, so he wasn't on the official agenda for the convention, but Mises Caucus rented their own room, I guess, and packed it, you know, of course, for mm-hmm. Ron Paul, which was awesome. Yeah, it's it's nice to see him still around. He's amazing. We actually had the pleasure of interviewing him, what, two weeks ago, Conan, something like that? A couple weeks Oh, yeah, here week, on week Free ago, Talk like two Live. weeks ago. And uh, it was really, it was an excellent interview. If you missed it, you can go to freetalklive.com. You, you cut that one out, right, uh, as, a, as a single yes. segment? Yeah, it's out there. Uh, freetalklive.com, just scroll down the page a little bit, you'll find the... Ron Paul interview. Um, so if you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. Just uh, you know, kind of doing a quick recap on what is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's basically the opportunity, the main opportunity that people have to come up and experience what it's like to be around a countless number of uh, libertarians, more people than you could possibly meet. In fact, as a sold-out event with 3,000 tickets sold, there's a good chance, even if you are like if you know somebody's going you might not even run into them there's mm-hmm. that many people at uh, at this festival i think it's arguably the biggest libertarian festival out there i know that uh freedom fest claims to be the biggest which is a convention it's not really a festival but it's a you know hotel convention in vegas i don't think so well they count the conservatives too yeah that's a good point <laughs> and there's a lot of conservatives at uh, at freedom fest you know something else that's going on at the porcupine freedom festival is there's the vendors uh that's really part of the fun of going up there is number one the best thing about pork fest is meeting the people it's meeting the community of like-minded liberty-oriented people many of whom have already moved to new hampshire others are planning a move others are considering a move mm-hmm. uh to new hampshire meeting those folks and finding out who your future neighbors are going to be and then there's the the vendors. Those a lot of those people have talents. You know, they're uh, they're good cooks or they're good at crafting things or whatever it is that they do and they bring their wares and they bring their talents to the event and it's sort of like a, this little free market that that springs up where wherever you happen to get your campsite or your RV site, you just Put out, hang out your shingle, pop a tent up, and start selling whatever it is you have to sell, and not asking for permission. That's really the key aspect mm-hmm. of this. That was one of the things that really, as I as I became a free market capitalist, you know, I was I, I always asked myself, you know, will it work? And mm-hmm. I thought back to my days of going to Grateful Dead shows. And they used to have a thing called Shakedown Street mm-hmm. that was a similar thing. It was just uh, where all the where all the vendors set up, and everything they did was illegal. So there was zero regulation because you can't can't regulate what's illegal, right? And uh, and you know there was there was never a problem. 
And that was one of the things that uh, that really convinced me that, you know, we don't need all this nonsense from the government. And they had their own ways of kind of dealing with problems, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of it was just not worrying about it, mm-hmm. you know. But if like what if, if somebody showed up and they were, uh, you know, scamming people, ripping people off? Um, I mean, pretty much they just let people know, mm-hmm. you know, and stay away from that person. Yeah. Don't buy the brown acid. Don't buy the brown acid. <laughs> read, read the reviews. I know read, a guy. Read, who, read the comments before you buy. Buyer beware. Yeah. You know, I knew a guy who actually claimed that he uh, he actually took the brown acid like five minutes before that announcement. Oof. <laughs> was it about uh, four or five years ago uh, some inspector went to Porkfest and was just uh, harangued? Everyone was following him, videotaping him, asking him questions. Yeah, that's you know. right. That was more than probably five years ago, but yeah, it was several years ago for sure. Yeah, he got run off. That video's on Free Keen, and it's pretty entertaining. I think it was the year after Agra Alley. Maybe. It was two inspectors, if I recall correctly. I remember um, I was sitting up in what they called the TV room at the time, and I just happened to be looking out and saw this state car roll up because you know they love their gangs oh, insignia yeah. they put their gang the, insignia on the side of the their, car with their tinted windows i don't even think it was tinted these are the uh the tax boys so it wasn't the and, co- so, and what were they looking for they're looking for licenses looking for revenue they want um so in in new hampshire even though there's no sales tax there is what they call a, a rooms and meals tax right and so any prepared food so you go to the grocery store you can buy grocery store food no problem but if the grocery store prepares the food meaning if it's heated up or whatever uh, then they get to charge you the tax. Right. And so they wanted to go booth to booth at Porkfest, every single food vendor, and see if they were collecting tax. Wow. They didn't make it past the first booth before we ran them out of the park. I wonder what they were even thinking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, unless that's what they do every every Saturday and Sunday, going around to barbecues and stuff and just uh, harassing I don't think people. they knew what they were getting into. Oh, I, obviously I, not. Yeah. But I mean, it seemed like they do this all the time. Yeah, of course. And not yeah. just like restaurants and stuff, but I mean, they actually go out to events. Sure. Why wouldn't they? I mean, they throw their weight around. They're a bunch of thugs hmm. and they're going to intimidate people. And it didn't work. No, nope, they, they got run off. No, nope. it was amazing. Uh, so more coming up here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us at 603-283-6160. Coming up, I, I do want to get into Conan's main topic tonight, which is World War Three. More saber, uh, saber rattling. Yep, they're, uh, from the they're talking about it. The words uh, World War Three have been uttered again by somebody who was already the Russian government in their propaganda ministry. They were talking about World War III last, like within the last month. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're not the only ones who are calling this conflict World War III. We're going to get deeper into that coming up with you tonight. By the way, it's Ian. Nobody. And Conan. But of course, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has kicked off today. That's where we started the show, just kind of summarizing the event, even though none of us are actually at it. The actual broadcast from the Porcupine Freedom Festival will begin tomorrow. Our crew, Aria and Mark, are on site. they got the tent all set up and vendors, I'm sure, have been rolling in all day. I don't know yet if Suzanne is there from Truth Smacks, but she is intending to be there. Truth Smacks, of course, is uh, an amazing trail mix brand that is loaded up not only with real food as nature intended, raw, unadulterated ingredients, but also truth quotes. That's one of the most important aspects because the trail mix is fantastic. But the bag design includes a bunch of really cool freedom-oriented quotes on there that you can basically use these bags they're two sizes three and a half ounce and ten ounce as an outreach tool you can share the ideas of freedom and liberty with anybody that's hungry and appreciates a good trail mix suzanne is the lady behind it she's a former english teacher longtime truth seeker she started this trail mix brand making it bagging it and sealing it up herself in a commercial kitchen down in naples florida and again you can get it in two flavors the original mix and the peppermint infused just go to truthsmacks.com slash shop and you can smack your friends and family with the oh, truth oh yeah it's smack. truthsmacks.com slash shop and again uh, if you're going to be at the porcupine freedom festival you get to meet suzanne can i just say yourself. one thing suzanne sales pitch here add add a cereal because that just sounds like what truth smacks should be. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With with the same quotes and all, your kids could be reading Orwell or you know <laughs> at this at the kitchen table. Well, you know where? Who knows where this is going to go? This is her dream business. Uh, she started her own business. I don't know. Uh, you know, quit her job or whatever, and and went into doing this. And if it takes off, then maybe she maybe she can expand it. That's uh, not a bad idea. So again, check out truthsmacks.com/shop. We go to Sam. He's in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on you talking in the last sec- segment about uh, tax protesting. And I know before you've said that not paying property taxes would be a bad idea. So what would you... I mean, I think it's a like great idea if you can actually find the people mm. with the balls to do it. Yeah, if you can well, get away I, with it. If you, if you, if you could get your whole neighborhood, like for example, mm-hmm. me, my, my whole all 500 of us just decided to not pay anymore. Shoot, if you could get 20% of them, that'd be huge. Yeah, well, the but the issue that I see is, with okay. it is that the government would end uh, end up uh, richer because they would just come in and take your property, I'll take your property, and then they and um, then they sell your property, but and, the idea and then they sell you... it. But the thing is, if if you were willing to fight back and you had enough people that you could, then yeah, you could definitely deprive the government of some. Uh, of some revenue but that way. But the thing way. is, nobody. When they take people's property for non-payment of taxes, it's usually done under the cover of darkness. So what mm-hmm. what'll happen is somebody. The typical situation is somebody dies, yep. right? Like some elderly folks who didn't write a will or whatever. They pass away. Somebody finds their bodies in their house, and then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with this property? The government takes it. They put it up on a tax sale, and then it's gone and sold to somebody. And, and this then, year, and, and, and last year, it's a they're making profit Me, because taxes oh, are up well, real estate's up real estate's sure. way up yeah and mm-hmm. so therefore taxes are up but they don't usually take tax or take uh property from protesters because protesters there aren't any of them i mean we know the one guy jay mm-hmm. noon who actually did protest property taxes by not paying them mm-hmm. on a property that he had down in palmer mass 
And, and he's got that property now? I don't know. It's not Jay Noon. They they took it from him, unfortunately. But the thing is, Jay Noon was a single man. He's he was known around town as a as a freedom advocate, tax protest kind of person. And we did manage to successfully delay them stealing his property by like six months by occupying mm-hmm. his front yard on the day that they were originally supposed to come down there and do that. Because when you got a bunch of people, it changes the game. And you don't have to go to violence. You can do it completely peacefully. And one thing they definitely don't want to be seen doing is throwing a dozen families out into the street from their homes. They don't want that kind of negative publicity. It's one thing to go after Jay Noon at 6 in the morning when there's no one around. It's another thing entirely to have a whole group of people come together and say, you know what, we're not going to pay uh, these property taxes. And then what are but they going to do? But my whole point was, like, what other types of protesting could you do since Clearly, property tax protesting isn't going to work right now. Well, I mean, I haven't filed income taxes since 1999, but, uh, it, well, once, once actually I did. Um, we, we brought up the example at, at Porkfest a few years back where they weren't charging the customers the meals, the meals tax. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're a, if you're a vendor... Uh, and you're and you're able to get away with, uh, I mean, you can undercut your competitors by not charging them that sales tax and just not sending that check every year because to the state, I don't, I think that, uh, I think that would be harder to do than a than a than a homeowner mm-hmm. uh, because Wait, I think if you're I, a, if you're a physical if you're, location, if you're a physical, twenty four seven exactly. If you're a business, you know, keep mm-hmm. trying to keep the lights on and they know where you're located yeah. at. But if you're doing something like Truth Smacks or something, you're selling all your, your product online. I sell books online. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't sell any, any kind of type of sales tax. Now Amazon does. Do they collect for the states that have tax? Amazon uh, charges the customer Damn. and they take the money. I don't that see sucks. any of that. It's it's totally out of my yeah. my uh, department. But uh, so that's a way to do it. Be a be an agorist vendor where you're not in a physical mm-hmm. location, and that's really easy to do these days. You know, selling selling online, selling all over the world. Actually, if you can do that. But the, that. but the biggest thing from my point of view is be around other people who are doing something. Safety in numbers. And yes. That's why I'm in why I'm in New Hampshire. Um, you know, the uh the whole idea of the Free State Project is to gather people in one place where, you know, there may come a time when there's enough of us in New Hampshire that we can get away with boycotting um property tax or even mm-hmm. or even portions of the property tax that you don't agree with yeah. like i don't have a problem with maintaining my road in front of my either. house i'm perfectly mm-hmm. fine with that but the school the police the government schools yeah. uh, most of the police i can yeah. i'm okay with the fire department but the yeah. police we don't need what is we're, i think we're up like seven million dollars in uh a year and for our, our little little quaint little town here well you, you, I think you made the best point here, nobody, and that is that the people is what matters. Having a large number of people in the same physical area that can back each other up and help out, it isn't perfect. You know, we still mm-hmm. are facing, uh, you know, significant amount of time. Ari and I are facing a significant amount of time behind bars. In the Crypto 6 uh, case, you already spent six months behind bars. It's like, you know, it's not going to guarantee the government isn't going to go after you, that they're not going to crack mm-hmm. down upon you. But it is going to make that process a little less scary. It's going to make that process a little more deal. Uh, you could deal with it better. And it makes things possible that previously were impossible. So to, just to go back to the story about the Porcupine Freedom Festival, when the two tax agents showed up, mind you, this is a decade in to the event i mean more than a decade i think probably like i don't know it was probably like 2015 or 2014 or something like that 
So this thing had been going on for 11 years or 12 years or whatever at that point. And so this is the first time that these government goons showed up and they thought they were going to be able to throw their yep. weight around. And if there was only just me that had gone after him with a video camera, they might have just kept on going and going from booth to booth and just ignoring me. Right. But because there were at least a dozen people, maybe more, and I could pull up the video and try to count, probably 15 people or something like that, that literally surrounded these goons and shouted them back to their car and off the property, that that mm-hmm. that pressure from social pressure that couldn't hack it. Yep. This is the same thing with the gun argument when you when, you, when they talk about taking our guns away from us. They don't have the numbers. We outnumber them right. they need 99 to, to 1. Yeah. Less than 1%. But if they get us one by one they can do it. and you don't stand up for your neighbors, then it's just a matter of time before they come for you. The number here is 603-283-6160. Uh, we'll bring Sam back here because it is an important discussion if he wants to continue with that. Uh, plus, I hear Aria will be calling in after she finishes dinner with a pork fest update. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you're invited if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 as the Porcupine Freedom Festival kicks off officially today was uh, the first day of the 19th porcupine freedom festival sold out event if you were thinking you were just gonna roll on up to the uh to the campground and get a day pass sorry there are no day passes this year uh there's 3,000 tickets and they all sold out a few months ago and so you can learn more about it. It's over at porkfest.com. Of course, next week, Forkfest happens, and there is no sold-out status unless the campground itself sells out uh, at Fork, Forkfest because there's no tickets. It's an open-source, decentralized, libertarian camping festival, and you can learn more about it at forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. Ian, Nobody, and Conan in the studio tonight. Coming up, we got to get into... Uh, Great Britain apparently is already talking about its World War III. And Conan, you have a story about that. That's on the way. But first, we're going to continue here with Sam in Ohio. Sam, he's a younger, liberty-minded guy. He's been calling the show for a little while. And he's uh, he's definitely in, you know interested in activism. Probably not a whole lot of it happening there in Ohio. Uh, but he's still excited and, and called in tonight asking questions about protests. And Sam, you've... You know, uh, you were talking about property taxes, and that's one of the hardest ones to get a, get involved in. Well, I was in. referring to it in terms of the fact that you were talking about the Porcupine Freedom Fest, and they were doing tax protesting, basically. Oh, well, that's way different, right? So property tax, you know, you would— I wouldn't, But I wouldn't even call what was going on at Porcupine a protest. It was just— no, we, yeah. it was just people living their lives without it being interfered with. They yeah, weren't, it was They just, weren't making a point— to say, hey, government, guess what we're doing? Nah, nah, nah. We're looking at, look at us over here doing what we're doing. But, of course, the government found out about yep. what was going on because there ended up being news coverage and the word, you know, word got around to the tax enforcers that, oh, there's this festival happening and where's our revenue, right? Like, they know there's a festival happening. <laughs> they know there's, a, you know, a couple thousand people attending it and they're getting zero revenue out of the event. So, of course, they figured they'd show up and try to intimidate people. But that's one thing. It's, it's a whole other story 
to actually ask somebody who has a $200,000 house to put it on the line yep, or a business and risk having that stolen. So, you know, we're a long way away, I think, from having a property tax protest. It would take a significant number of people with serious uh, huevos to have that happen. But as you pointed out, Conan, this what happened, What happens every year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival is just people living life. It's just not asking for permission. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's not a protest. And- but what I'm referring to is, in my mind, is protest in terms of the fact that people weren't afraid to not pay the nine percent that you talked about before yeah they weren't afraid because they, right. they had the numbers correct and that, and that is uh empowering another cool mm-hmm. thing that happened at the porcupine freedom festival which again wasn't a protest it's just people living free i think one of the most memorable things for a lot of people over the the years at pork fest is seeing children walking around selling alcohol at uh, the porcupine <laughs> freedom <laughs> yeah. festival what? wait Are wasn't it yeah, but weren't the campgrounds cracking down on that? Like, uh, it, just asking people not, please don't do this. But the reason that happened was because the government goons came to the campground and said, hey, if you don't do something about yeah. this, we're mm. going to pull your beer right. and, and permit. Then again, that's where they get you. They, they'll, mm. they'll attack the one person. Right. And uh, they go against it's centralization, right? They they know, oh, we've got somebody that's mm-hmm. got their our permission slip, so we can focus on them and put yep. pressure on them and get them to be our agents without mm-hmm. paying them. Yep. And they look for things that can't move. Yeah, like real estate. And it's, it's the same thing you with know, all the bars and rest, it's the same thing with the bars and restaurants here in Keene, where they can they, all they got to do is say, hey, look, we're taking your your license from you, right? alcohol you're license, and your and and then what are you yeah. going to sell now? Cocktails. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, alcoholist cocktails. Yeah. Now, if you're if you were running a underground business and and your customers didn't care if you had a license or not, that would be another matter. But right. again, you've got to have a community for that. You've Correct. got to have Can't do that people alone. to keep it going. Yeah, and that's what we have here in New Hampshire. That sorry to say, no one else has anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I wish Mark the best with his uh, projects that he's working on out in, uh, in Central America or whatever. But we got a 20 year head start on all of the other competition. The Free State Project, there's nothing else like it. There have been intim- uh, there have been imitators, but none of them have ever come close. Most of them have completely failed and flopped and mm-hmm. imploded. Uh, because there's just not enough libertarians to make two large communities work. You gotta have one big community in one geographic area in a small state, and New Hampshire uh, is that place. Sam, anything else you want to comment on? Go ahead. Uh, just the last example you gave. I would have never imagined that happening ever. That's what happens in freedom. You know, people can make decisions for themselves. If they, if a parent set of parents decides that their son or daughter is responsible enough to walk around a campground and sell some uh, bottles of alcohol and you know keep the money safe and do all that, and they want to do it as a learning experience, yep. then then they did. And and from what I understand, it might still happen. I just hmm. like I said, I haven't been there in the last year. I, I've heard rumors that those sorts of things still do go on on the campground. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, that, and that's just a fraction of what you'll see going on on that uh, on those campgrounds. I remember, was it 2020? I think it was 2020. They had a Ross Ulbricht fundraiser that happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Ross Ulbricht, of course, the founder of the Silk Road. He's in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years for making a website. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a, an auction where they had a bunch of donated items and, you know, they were doing an auction on, on the stage. Well, outside of the auction, at the tents that were right out, not tents, but like, you know, covered areas that were right outside, a couple picnic tables under, uh, you know, canopy tents, 
there were literally two guys selling cannabis and mushrooms in an open-air drug market mm-hmm. like I had never seen at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. always somebody who's willing to sell you some weed if you are you know, if you know the right people or whatever, but this guy didn't care. These people didn't care. They just had it right out there. They had edibles. They had uh, flowers. It was just right there. Right there in front of this well-attended... This you know, wasn't off in some corner of the park or whatever. It was in front of the main stage in the pavilion going on for hours. Mm-hmm. And no one arrested these guys. Yeah, Which You'll see that at some of the hippie festivals as well. Yeah. Where people would just be uh, pretty open. And... You know, again, there's a lot of people at at the uh, at the hippie fest, like a rainbow festival or something like that. Uh, what, yeah, what about rainbow like- festivals or the various music festivals mm-hmm. like Wormtown, uh, right. the Harry Brown Harvest Festival, that kind of thing. See, the thing is, you know, there's undercover uh, agents at these events. Mm-hmm. The feds would not be doing their job, right, if they didn't send undercover agents. So right. they must. Well, have technically, known. nothing in the Constitution gives them. Uh, authority to regulate your body chemistry or or what you uh that doesn't mean they won't try no and, uh, and, and here's the thing too are they even going to attempt to uh, go after anybody at these events the day of or are they just gonna no it's gonna film it right in their little record book their little black book you know what went down and then wait till you go home and and uh and put your feet up and then that's when they send the goons in. Yeah, they send if the, they were gonna do mm-hmm. it that's how they would do it yeah, they, they, would, get, they don't they have get, they get you later right they don't have the guts to do it in front of anybody. But the thing is, I think we would have heard if those guys got arrested later on. I think we would have caught wind of, hey, oh, you know, three weeks later they show up at uh, John's front porch in Texas or wherever and, uh, and arrested him. Because I don't know if even all of those guys were from New Hampshire. I have no idea where. I don't remember who they are. Well, I wouldn't have bought anything from just because of that, unless someone could vouch for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your whole, you know, buyer beware. I. Well, they almost never go after the buyers. In 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 terms yeah, of legal true. consequences, it's really the seller who needs to be aware. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh no, I'm I'm talking about getting some some bad edibles or I something. I mean, it's you know, mm. if you're worried about that, just buy the weed. I mean, you're not going to get bad weed unless it's got mold unless all it, over it. Well, I'm worried about something that might be laced in it. No, they don't How do that. Good Lord. All right, hey, look, that's I'll, like drug war. <laughs> here, I would I would wait 24 hours, and I would just see what happens. Yeah. And if there's, if they, but they, they, they'll move town. Yeah, they, they're, they're not there anymore. So I would have been out of luck. Because you don't generally smoke a lot of weed. No, I don't yeah. smoke at all. That's but a Jaguar myth, man. They don't lace weed. Dude, with I had some laced stuff one time, and it put me on it my. It probably had. Mold well, there on are it. people who do. There, are, there are people who who put out, uh, who who have poisoned weed that, and it's actually caused people to die. But it was the government that did it. Mm. Um, I'm talking about drug dealers putting in more, you know, more stuff, PCP or it's, cocaine it's, or whatever. And it's like, no, you're not going to, they're not going to do that and then charge you the same amount I know, as right? a normal it, bag of weed. It's like uh, Halloween uh, participants uh, handing out yeah. LSD to the kids. It's like, no, they're, no, it they're well, come on, man. Yeah, no and, way in hell I'm, I'm no, no re- kids relieving put, my stash to some stupid kids. Yeah, th- and then also no kid's going to put an ecstasy tab in his mouth and think it's candy. I mean, that stuff doesn't taste sweet at all. That's nasty. Mm. You do not want to put that in your mouth, uh, you know, and hold it there or chew it. That's not delicious. No. Uh, And that's like, what, 20 bucks a pill on uh, the retail market? Not happening. No, not happening. The economics are not there. 
uh, for that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you're on the site over at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, free to, feel free to weigh in on what has happened on day number one. Uh, on the way, the World War III story that Conan wants to share. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Kick off the second hour of the show. You can bring up what you want here. On the way, World War Three. Is it already in progress? Uh, we got a story that Conan wanted to share about that with you tonight. By the way, it's Ian. Nobody. And Conan. And we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts, though, where you can take control of the airwaves. That's what we do here. Of course, it is the first day of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Our crew is already on site at Rogers Campground in beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. They got the tent and the broadcast area set up. It's it's basically some equipment on a picnic table, um, but uh, it, it works, and they're going to be recording the show there. So we used to do the show live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but it's been years since we did that because, tell you what, it just sucks to have your nights taken up when you're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it's uh, mm. it's it's a lot easier to find guests in the middle of the day when people are all walking around the park and they're not too drunk or whatever, right, or too <laughs> inebriated in whatever way. And so it's easier for us to just do a recorded show from there. And so that's what we're going to hear starting tomorrow, Tuesday through whenever it is that uh, that we're finished. It's a two-week-long thing. There's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and then there's Fork Fest that starts next Monday and goes for a week. So we're going to have our crew there on site, and uh, they'll be reporting to you the goings-on, uh, just a slice of it, right? Because there's 3,000 people expected to be there this week. Uh, and it usually, of course, it ramps up as you get closer to the end of the week. People get off work and families or whatever. They're coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so it's going to get busier and busier as the week goes on. We'll hear all about it from Mark and Aria and whatever other co-hosts happen to be around and uh, the various different guests that I'm sure they're going to drag on to uh, to talk to, maybe some guest speakers and things like that. So I don't know what to expect. I'm not there. Unfortunately, I can only go for, uh, for one day this week because my uh, bail conditions basically prohibit me from spending any significant time at the campground. But we go to your phone calls and thoughts. Dave Ridley is on the line, and he's from RidleyReport.com. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, there's this uh, saying that slavery is not enforced by slave owners. It's enforced by the slaves themselves. Sure. Um, the latest uh, reminder of that comes in the um, the actions of the uh, 
uh, the NH Nurse Practitioner Association. Mm. Um, there's a bill in New Hampshire to try and let people uh, get ivermectin from a pharmacist uh, directly without having to get a prescription. Okay. It's a, it's a COVID, you know, thought to be a possible COVID treatment. Uh, and, um, you know, the, 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 the Nurse Practitioner Association is uh, lobbying hard to try to make sure you can't make that choice for yourself, that you have to go to a doctor first wow. in the middle of your COVID and then expose whoever's in the clinic. And it, and, uh, it takes time uh, and money. Of course, they're going to get a piece. Yeah, of course, right. they're going to get a piece of that money. It's just their way of the latest thing to throw their customers or the you know the, the patients under the bus uh, in the name of you know they know you know the nurse practitioner association knows what's best for you, uh, even if you don't want to deal with a nurse practitioner association. Yeah, and if you can't afford medical care, that's why. I mean, mm-hmm. there was. Uh, for for a, a long time and and still I'm I'm taking Adderall so every month um for for a long time I I don't have to have to do this with my current practitioner but for a long time with uh um I would have to go in every month and sit there for an hour with a shrink um at for which cost me about two hundred dollars, yep. um, just so he could write me the prescription for the same thing that I've needed the whole time. It's like a cartel. Uh, it, absolutely, yeah. the whole prescription system is is a total racket. Yeah, and it's and it's to, to it's to line their pockets, and everyone's mm-hmm. getting a piece mm-hmm. of it. You get the pharmacies getting a piece of it. The the new the New Hampshire uh, uh, nurses here association yeah. is getting a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's their jobs, and they know where all the money is, where how it works. And it's not only that they that they make the extra sales, but you know if if they're working as many hours as they want to work, then and they have more customers coming than they can serve at that time. Well, how do they filter out the extra customers? They raise their prices mm. and they raise yeah. their prices and they keep doing that until they have no more than the amount of customers that, that they want they want to pay for. Well, and of course, the state restricts the number of doctors so the number of suppliers is restricted arbitrarily and of course those doctors want mm-hmm. that restriction there because they want to be able to keep raising their prices yep. yeah and that's a scandal that's been ignored there were a couple of times when the american medical association said there's going to be a glut of doctors in the future so they conned the government into Cutting the number of doctors and cutting the number of medical school spots that were available and internship spots that were available, and they created a shortage of doctors by doing so. And once they created the shortage, they cashed in on it by raising their prices. Here's here's my uh, opinion on this and how to how to target the uh, the, the problem. And that is buy overseas. Buy online, mm-hmm. buy overseas, and just and just uh, bypass these these scoundrels, this this racket, and make and 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 hit, and hit them where is it hurts. Is that legal? No, of course it's not. Okay, <laughs> no, no, but, but and hit them where it hurts. Uh, their their bank, their pockets, their pocketbooks, yeah. and uh, uh, but I guess if this this law passes, that uh, it won't be a it won't be an issue. But well, you're but you're still going to be paying ivermectin at U.S. cost. Did this thing pass? Right. It didn't. Uh, Ridley, didn't this pass the uh, the state house? Did it get through the Senate? Do you know? I don't know where it stands. I don't think it's gone all the way through yet. I think they're arguing, arguing the governor should veto it, so maybe it's gone 
the uh-huh. governor after going to the, the, the other. The, it's interesting too that they, the, the sources they quote that you know to to they're they're making a medical decision. You know that ivermectin is not good for you. And now maybe it's not right. Like who knows? I don't know. Well, uh, ivermectin is a very saying, widely prescribed uh, drug. It's billions, used, billions of yeah, doses. It's used as a prophylactic in a lot of African countries against um, antibacterial. Uh, yeah, it, against things it, that carry especially for uh, malaria, malaria and, malaria and, uh, and de- dengue. And a lot of people believe that's why COVID very barely touched Africa, mm. where you would think that yep. Africa would have been a disaster and, area. And, and India. But, uh, yeah, and India and also Japan, um, because... Uh, no, that's because the Jap- Japanese wear masks. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, the whole thing started in China. They liked masks, too. That's true. Um, but because of the pollution, not because of there's. Afraid of, they're walking through poop. They're not afraid of the, some stupid virus. They're Ridley, afraid of, they want to be able to breathe. What else uh, did you want to share tonight? Their their source, you know, for making these claims as to what we should and shouldn't be doing with our health are the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, uh, FDA, World Health Organization. You know how how reliable are those institutions? They're not. And. The uh, other thing they said that it was they're a nice political little, institutions. That's yeah. what they are. Nice Everything little, they said during COVID has, has turned out to be a lie. The nice little Freudian slip they made too. Here they said, as well, we do not need a commission to study the use of ivermectin to treat COVID nineteen. Let's keep. Let's leave this to dedicated health research institutions who are capable of producing high quality studies. But if controlled populations, that, that, <laughs> wow. but nobody's going to do studies on ivermectin because the thing about ivermectin is pennies, it, pennies. It's pennies a dose because it's an old drug and it doesn't have patent protection. Mm-hmm. If you can't uh, can't afford your medication, that's not because the the medication is expensive. It's because the patent is expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with hydroxychloroquine. Exact same thing. The they can't quality. they can't make money off of it, and that's why they have uh, they've They're been suppressing. They it. suppressed it since day one. Yeah. And the action of ivermectin against COVID is identical to what this big pharma thing does, which is it it suppresses an enzyme that they use to cut up big proteins into little proteins to use them to uh, to build their bodies, basically. Yeah, but the ivermectin doesn't change your DNA, right? Um, Well, I'm not saying the vaccine, but there's a big pharma uh, treatment. Oh, the pill. The, thing that, they the came pill. Out with. Yeah, that's right. That's almost identical in its clinical action to ivermectin, but it's under patent, so it's going to cost uh, you ten thousands. Times as much, yeah. Uh, thanks, Ridley. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. This is Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We got open phones here. If you want to join us, the number 603-283-6160. Coming up, World War Three. It's back. It, uh, it's never happening. Went, never went away. And Conan's got that story. You're welcome to share your thoughts on whatever's on your mind at 603-283-6160 as we kick off. The first day of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, our last live show likely for uh, several days in a row. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Conan. It is festival season, and uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival is kicking it off today with the very first day. Kind of basically the setup day, but I'm sure there's people partying tonight. 
Uh, we're going to get an update coming up here from our very own Aria Demetso. She is on the campground, Was uh, probably got there around noon today, got everything all set up. They're ready to start broadcasting uh, from the campground starting with tomorrow night's show. So I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun to uh, to listen to the Porkfest shows, especially because I can't go, uh, except for uh, I get to go one day this time because well i could i guess i could go every day if i felt like driving six hours a day but no Ian, what are you gonna sorry. do with yourself for the next two weeks <laughs> i guess stuff to do conan just like you all do right, all right <laughs> um so we'll be busy here at uh, the the free talk live studios in Keene. but it's not just the porcupine freedom festival and the follow-up to it which is fork fest that starts next monday coming up in july the 13th through the 16th freedom fest is back in vegas and Freedom Fest is probably the largest convention for freedom-minded people. And there are some conservatives there, too. Uh, but there's uh, it's an interesting it's all right. mix. It's all right. That's good. It's good for the for the crowds You don't want to be a complete bubble. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's definitely not I an echo chamber. We need people to argue with. <laughs> yeah, and you will have some interesting discussions there. They're going to cover a bunch of topics. Bitcoin, gold, economics, politics, the Constitution, philosophy, science, technology, vaccines, education, and more. The theme this year is Turning the Tide, and you can get your tickets for 50 bucks off the regular rate by using code FTL50 at FreedomFest.com. That's code FTL50. Big name speakers this year, John Cleese. Yeah, that John Cleese. I didn't, know, I didn't know he was going to Monty Fest. Python. No, we're talking about Freedom oh, Fest. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, Freedom I'm, 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 Fest. A, I'm, I'm reading about Ivermectin. Ben got Stein. Sidelined. Glenn Beck. Rand Paul. Spike Cohen. Justin Amash. Andrew Yang is going to yeah, be there? We talk, yeah, we, no one knows what's up with that. Unless, <laughs> I'm not unless, sure what unless he's, doing unless he's debating someone yeah, or something. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. It'll be interesting, mm. though. Uh, I guarantee that. Glenn Greenwald's coming out for it as well. Go to freedomfest.com. It's July 13th through the 16th, happening at the Mirage in Vegas. And our very own Mark Edge is uh, apparently going to be at the conference. I believe he's going to be speaking about locating liberty, which is pretty cool. All right, let's go to the phones here. Gigi is on the line in South uh, Carolina. Oh, uh, hold yes. on, Gigi. Yes. I was just reading a little bit backstory on the the ivermectin, trying to figure out who the uh, what the pill was that sure. Merck was making. By the way, Merck owns ivermectin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mm-hmm. discovered uh, ivermectin discovered in 1975, uh, approved for human use in 1987. Uh, nobody, you really like. There it. was a Nobel Prize awarded. Oh, for absolutely, it also. just a couple wow. years ago uh, for the two discoverers. But you'll like this. You'll like this a whole lot. In 2018, it was the 420th most most prescribed wow. <laughs> most prescribed medication in the world. So it's not uh, it's not it's no something. Slouch. It's no slouch. It's not something they just discovered. And uh, no, they are FDA, mm-hmm. CDC, the who they're they're they have been leading you around by the nose. Uh, for the last two yeah. years, trying to convince you, trying to that make they, their that, buddies wealthy by oh, absolutely, you to get their stuff. So, oh, and so Merck can sell their pill, which is basically ivermectin, but they mm-hmm. just renamed it. It's got some ivermectin Change a molecule it. here, yeah, or something couple, like that, yeah right? exactly. Kind of does exactly what it's supposed to do, but they'll you know, but they own the patent on that as well. So it's a scam. It it's, a, it's a total scam. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it doesn't take much apparently with the. Uh, with the depending on depending on how it's used they did a study in Brazil where they basically dosed people um every 15 days they gave them a minimal dose of ivermectin and these weren't sick people these this was just um just, just a prophylactic as protection prophylactic. Mm-hmm. and um 
and they found like a 75% reduction in death by COVID by just giving ivermectin to healthy people. And other things like bugs and malaria and lice and, you know, Mm -hmm. all all the, all kinds Mm -hmm. of parasites that, uh, that we're trying to, trying to. Yeah. Use you for lunch. Let's go to the phones here. Gigi yeah. is all on the, the line. parasites except the government. Yeah, yeah right. Sadly, I wish sadly. we could just take a pill to make them go away. Gigi, yeah. you're on Free Talk Live from South Carolina. Good evening, That's LSD. gentlemen. I had a thought that I would like to pose to our nationwide listening audience, sure. as well as you, gentlemen, on the panel. Israel and Germany share incredible diplomatic relations economically, militarily, socially, agriculturally. The United States and Vietnam as well. Why can't the United States and Cuba do the same? It's long overdue. Mm. Hasn't it gotten better in recent years? Yeah, they, there has been a, a, little better. a slight rolling back. It's, uh, I believe you can now actually visit Cuba, our very own Mark Edge, did a few years ago went to visit Cuba. I did as well. Mm-hmm. What was I it like? I did as well, and it was very interesting culturally, mm-hmm. geographically, linguistically. A beautiful country, a high literate rate, an incredibly well educated population, different political system, which is not for us to govern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would agree with you there, um, but of course, I, I definitely support the people in uh, Cuba that would like to end the communist state there. And of course, there was a recent uh, controversy. Was it last summer? Where I mean, it was either last summer or 2020. Uh, that yes, summer, there were major protests. That's correct. But isn't it about time that we end the embargo? I agree. Yeah. And, oh, yes, absolutely. That's my Yep, 100%. One of the things, one of the problems with these embargoes, and you see it when you talk to people about Venezuela, for example, where Venezuela has completely destroyed its economy with socialism. But if you talk to one of these idiot commies, uh, they'll be like, oh, well, they're just failing because they can't trade with the United States because of the embargo. And other than that, they'd be OK. And and it's like, well, oh, oh, so you're saying that socialism only works if you have capitalists to trade with. Is that what you're telling me? That, <laughs> no, that it I helps. It does help. Because it should not be used as a scapegoat. Listen, I grew up in Miami and for many, many years I was a professor at Florida International University. And the city of Doral has a huge Venezuelan uh, population. Of course, Miami-Dade County has a very, very sizable Cuban population. And, you know, they have a lot of different opinions within both their communities regarding what both of you are saying. Thank you, Gigi, for the call tonight. Uh, definitely appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, she's absolutely right. The embargo gives the socialists the excuse yep. to point the finger at the U.S. government and say, they're the source of all of our woes. And you know, while your point is absolutely mm-hmm. correct on it, nobody, it still gives them that uh, an the excuse. boogeyman. Right? An excuse, yeah. a scapegoat. Yeah. yeah, and so if if that doesn't exist, that's one more thing they can't point to. I say, I say lift them. Let's, let's let yeah. us... Uh, you know, if you want to do business with a with a com, with a commie country, well, I mean, it's an individual. Mm-hmm. You're doing business with the individual, unless you're use, actually selling something to, to the to, government. To their government. Well, uh, but that's how it, but that's how communism works, well, though, right? Yeah. I mean, are all, all the businesses basically in the government's pocket? Well, I mean, not in Venezuela per se, and they've oh, got socialism, I'm, I'm, right? Cuba. So, yeah. 
it's not so much as much these more days. complex. As an ethical question, is it okay to do business with your enemy? Commies are my enemies. There's can more I- coming up. Good question. We can address that on the way. The number is 603-283-6160. And who's the bad guy when it comes to World War III? We're going to still get to that topic. That's on the way as well. This is Government, Free Talk Live. isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can bring up whatever you want. Coming up, World War III. We're talking about it, apparently, the country of... The United Kingdom may be getting into the fight. Uh, And actually making the claim that this is, in fact, World War III, what they're entering into, and they are happy with it all. Without the the government. Their their government, that is, anyways. Mm -hmm. Without the government, who would blow up the world and kill us all? And you asked an interesting (laughs) question, uh, Conan, about buying from the enemy. Talking about uh, free trade. Yeah. is it morally, ethically acceptable to do business with something you don't agree with? So, for example, the whole Cuban embargo back in the day was because we don't do business with communism because that's uh, uh, anti, well, that's anti-American. It's anti-everything that we stand for, according to what what I've been told. And I, I'm not, a I'm, lot of business I'm, with the I'm not a fan. Communist. I'm not a fan with that system of belief, but. Uh, uh, should I uh, refrain from uh, interacting with with those people, and or or, or is that just not going to? Is that not? Is that the is that the non Christian way to handle it? Is well, that on on a on a government if I, level? If I if I want to help the people, if I truly want to help them, mm-hmm. shouldn't I be friendly with them? On on the from the government's point of view, the question is really well. If you don't like communism because the people under communism aren't free, then should you take the freedom to trade away from your own people to show that t- taking freedom from people is cool. wrong? Yeah. yeah, come on over and check um, our supermarket. <laughs> come, come check our supermarkets out. We got food wall to wall versus your you know couple of yeah. flavors of this and that and. Um, and- the big thing that's credited with winning the Cold War is Levi Strauss. Yep. yep. You know, they loved Levi's in Russia. Let's let's bring uh, it back to a all more. All the cab drivers were selling Levi's out of the out really? of the trunks of their cars because you couldn't get them there. Let's look at it another angle. Your na- right, so in smaller community. Your neighbor, he's a he's a butt. 
He beats his wife. He beats his kid. He's a cop, you're saying. He's a cop, of course. Okay. Mm. Uh, should you refrain from doing business with, with that family? Should I? So I sell, I have things that I could, you know, barter with, you know, with this person. Should I? And I totally against, you know, that's not just. Uh, uh, an ide- ideological problem that is an actual physical he's he is, he's he's uh, uh, punishing his his family and I, and I don't agree with that should I refrain from doing business with that person or am I just hurting the family as a whole not just him but the entire family is hurt by me that's, not doing business a tough with that question how do you fix that problem by the way I don't know. I mean, I would say that that's yet another case where other people shouldn't make that decision for you. Yeah, that's, you know? that much is true. And everybody has to decide where they want to draw the line because, you know, like it's like when it came down to uh, the, the all the restrictions that businesses were putting in place during the COVID crackdown. Like, well, every one of these corporations is doing bad stuff, right? Like, they all agree with the government to some extent. They're doing yeah. the government's bidding. Yep. But if you stop shopping completely, then you're going to have a tough time unless you're completely set up as Conan mm-hmm. is with total independence of you know, growing your own food Almost. Uh, and all that. So you can only be so choosy yeah. with where you where you take your business in this world. Yeah. Well, just ask those corporations because none of them stopped doing business with the United States government when the United States invaded Iraq for absolutely no reason, uh, which was just as brutal, just as unjustified as the uh, as the Russians invading the Ukraine. So why is it that the Ukrainians matter and the Iraqis don't matter? Is it just because the Ukrainians are white? Um, I mean, what is it? Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Max is on the line in our very own New Hampshire. Go ahead, Max. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, great show tonight. I've been listening for years. My first time calling in. Welcome. So, right. Um, so I registered to run for state representative in uh, Winchester, District 11. Ah, nice. it's, it's that, Max. I was wondering if uh, if it was you. He's, <laughs> he's uh, Matt Santanastaso's brother, younger brother. So we, uh, we we already have a Santanastaso in office as a state rep, and maybe we're going to have ourselves a little political dynasty here soon. Go ahead. Can't get too many of them. There won't be no room for their names. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, man? So I got invited to a Young Americans for Liberty event in Manchester that was like just tips on how to win your candidacy. And okay. it was a great event. But while you're they're going through all the presentations and everything and they would call you uh into a room to kind of vet you and see like you know are you just a you know state of shill or what's what's your deal you know cause like, a lot of people it's crazy actually the people that end up there like someone's like yeah i'm just just anyway so they're there to vet you and it was pretty basic stuff and then they asked me they said what's your position on right to work and you know I'm not, I know the principles of liberty, but I, sometimes I screw up government stuff because it's not like, you know, the Patriot Act. It's like, is that, what is that one again? You know, is that the one? It sounds good, right? But, so I was like, uh, you mean the one that uh, the government restricts an employer, uh, you know, an employer's ability to make conditions of employment, and one of those conditions being that you have to join a union. Now, me personally, I don't like unions. I wouldn't work for one, uh, but, you know, you can not take the job and so anyway that's that's what it is it's a positive right and uh they're like yeah that one i was like oh well i'm against it and their eyes kind of widened up like whoa like uh and then we started kind of going back and forth about it. i was like well wait am i missing something here like you know like it sounds but no it's exactly what i thought it was and 
Anyway, can you define right to work? Because it's one of those confusing sounding things that on its face, it's like, well, why would anybody oppose the right to work? Shouldn't everybody have a right to work? So like, it's like kind of like the Patriot Act, though, right? Like, what what does it actually mean? So right to work, as far as I'm concerned, again, I'm hunting for what I might be missing here. But right to work is the government, you know, pointing guns at employers and restricting them from... It's, it makes it against the law, and I'm just saying, for you to work here, you must join our union. And, of course, some unions uh, have dues that you have to pay to, to be a part of the union. Mm-hmm. And it restricts that. It says you cannot require that people join your union. Right, so it's to, the right to work without having to join a union. Correct. Is what that means. Okay. And I thought, like... Because I'm not the type of person that says, "What's the consensus on libertarian view?" Like I just look at my principles and I say, that's "All right, what you I should believe do. In freedom of association. Yeah. I believe in, you know, uh, that's pretty much it. Freedom of association, the free market." So I'm like, you know, if your employer says you have to wear a purple shirt and get six COVID boosters every week, I mean, I'm not going to work there. But right. that's the condition, and that's freedom of association. So seems like an easy one. So after I leave this event, I'm calling people up. I'm like, "Hey." You know, and they're like, oh, obviously I'm for right to work. I'm like, what? And I'm looking at articles online. And so am I missing something here? Do you guys, can you guys fill me in? Well, I mean, your right to work is, is, is forcing a, an employer to act a certain way, which mm-hmm. is anti-libertarian. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I am against unions as well. I don't know any employers who actually would ever want to force you into a union because it's it's not mm-hmm. beneficial to any employer out there. I guess governments would probably like it, government uh, government agencies, but yeah, forcing an employer to do anything is anti-libertarian. But at the same time, I would never work for a company that forced me to join some union. I would say screw same off. Here. Uh, you know, uh, I'll I'll take my business elsewhere. So I guess that's the only that's how I see it. Yeah. Another important question, I guess, would be what are the state laws, if any, surrounding the formation of unions? Is it to the point where, like, you know, obviously New Hampshire is probably not as bad as somewhere like New York. Or Massachusetts. Yeah, where unions are just unstoppable. Uh, And they they screw everything up. You can't get anything done with these people. So, I mean, it should also be true that an employer can refuse to employ people if they create a union right like there may be states Absolutely. where which yeah. they can't do now so right to work um as it's current there should be a, there should be a law called right to hire is well the problem is right to work was basically formulated because a lot of these employers have contracts that they didn't want to enter into because, of the union because they couldn't fire the people who were agitating against their business, uh, who were their employees. So this was their response. Thank you, Max, for the call. Good luck with the campaign. Keep us in the loop as it develops. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and phones are up in here. You can join us. Bring up whatever you want. Number 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Here tonight, we got Ian. Nobody. And Conan. Coming up October 21st through the 23rd, the Free Cities Foundation is throwing another convention. It's going to be their second year doing what's called Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's happening this time in the city of Prague. And they'll be showcasing autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up all around the world, offering opportunities for settlers 
to live better, freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress. Free Talk Live listeners are being offered a 20% discount on tickets, which you can use code FTL20 to get that discount when you're checking out at LifetimeLiberty.com. Code FTL20. Join Mark Edge, our co-host. He's going to be there in Prague from October 21st through the 23rd. If you want to follow the conference on Twitter, their handle is at LibertyIOL, like Liberty in our lifetime. Uh, And you can make sure you can get your tickets to get the early bird discount. Do it soon. And if you want to buy with Bitcoin, you can drop them a Twitter direct message for instructions on how to do that. LifetimeLiberty.com, code FTL20. And uh, again, that's uh, October 21st through the 23rd. Mark looks forward to seeing you in Prague as we go even further around the world, oh, all yeah. the way down to where it's tomorrow. Gwyneth calling from the future in uh, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10-something in the morning uh, in Victoria, Australia. Go ahead, Gwyneth. Hello, how are you all this morning? Hey, thanks for calling in. I love in. you so much. I love, I love Sarah from New Mexico. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys still locked down? I never, I, I never take her seriously. Uh, I never take that's her the best way to take Boy, her. She's Boy, she's entertaining. She always makes me laugh. And I love, I love David with all of his battles with his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I mean, not with his children, with the, with the um, CPS or his the wife courts. or whoever it is. Yeah. The mm. courts, yeah. Well, what you were know. you calling about That's tonight? I'm glad you enjoyed the show, Gwyneth. But uh, Conan, actually, before you get into your point, Conan had a question for you. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, are you guys still locked down? Um, yes and no. Okay, I, I won't take the vaccine, so I can't go into uh, places like public libraries. And I don't have as many rights as the general public. Uh, most places that want you to have a, a job require you to be vaccinated still. But um, if I want to go to the supermarket or whatever, I'm able to do that hmm. safely. Are they yeah. mandating and, masks still in public places? Not really, but probably about 10% of the sheep are still wearing them. Wow. Do you, do you have any idea of the percentage of uh, the population there in Victoria that are that are vaxxed, 100% vaxxed, versus those who have uh, refrained from taking this nonsense? Like- it's hard to say for sure because the government lies about so many figures. The government say it's upwards of 90%. I would say that might be true because so many people here have, have bought into it. You know, and, um, you know, I just... I, I, Sometimes I, sometimes I feel very much alone with talking to, you know, like people just in the community and just trying to tell them uh, that this is a genocidal uh, program to kill you all, and they don't seem to get it. So, it, it, um, it might be time for you to take really your family and move up out of there, move north. Well, it's, it's like this. My um, children are now adult children. And um, I, I get on really well with them. I've had a lot of battles uh, with the families department when they were younger because, uh, you know, they um, they wanted to kidnap them and I wouldn't let them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I dug my heels in and uh, they, you know, well, they might, they might have kidnapped them once, but I went and got them back and fled wow. into fake. So... 
but I can never go back to that state. Um, but that's okay because I got the chance to be my children's mother. Was that um, why you were calling tonight, or was it a different issue? Um, no, it was actually it was actually the uh, local municipality, which is Lobbenshire Council, and I've been battling with them for many, many years over the issue of property taxes, which they call land rates here in Australia, but it's the same thing. And I just wanted to uh, let um, everybody know what I found out in my battle. Hmm, but their whole land rate system is completely fraudulent. Okay, and they will if you if you stop paying your property taxes, they will send the goons to your gate. Sure. You know the ones that wear the funny Halloween costumes with pentagrams on them. I've not seen and that here in Victoria. Here in Victoria, the pentagrams are actually upside down pentagrams, so they're actually Baphomet stars. Wow. You know, uh, that's if you look up Victoria Police. Um, logo mm-hmm. on the internet, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It, it's oh yeah, sure enough. Definite stuff <laughs> with a crown on the top. <laughs> Ford. We're, Straight we're, up we're pentagram right there in the <laughs> Victoria Police logo. Yeah. yeah, and the crown is right there on top of the goat's yeah. head. Wow. There's it, a goat? And it's got a laurel wreath pentagram. around it for victory. So how's that? You do not get more satanic than that. That's amazing. That, 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 you need, to get, you need to move out of there. So wait, what are they doing exactly? <laughs> well, you were calling it's, about it's them, but what's the uh, what's the issue that they're they're targeting you for? Okay. They they are just not paying my property taxes because oh. it's a fraud. Because um, I, I found out that it was a fraud, and I have I have a personal policy in my life. When I find out that somebody's defrauding me, I stop playing ball with them. It's a good policy, generally, um, unless their gang is humongous <laughs> and violent and insane. I mean, yeah, so what's the uh, what's the first thing the gang did, and how long ago did you stop paying them? Well, I stopped paying them in uh, 2016. Wow. And um, the, the the worst thing that they've done is that they sent me what they sent um, six of their gang members around to my place. You know, those the ones with the Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and the styles on, and. Um, they uh, basically, uh, by force of arms, um, compelled me to sign an undertaking of bail. And what does that and, mean? An um, undertaking they, of bail? They to, they, uh, basically, they put me on bail for no reason. Oh. And, um, oh. and uh, they said that if I didn't sign this, that they were going to kidnap me and you know put me in the back of their... Their, their wagon and drive me around for a bit. What an amazing then, business that is. Even right. if people don't want your product, you can force them to buy it and force them yeah. to pay for it, but you don't have to deliver it. Yeah, well, this is it. I don't receive any services from my municipality at all. I don't even get my rubbish picked up. I have other arrangements <laughs> for that, the rubbish disposal. Trash. Um, <laughs> but it's... it's they are a corporation. I, yeah. I, I, I've, got, I've got a university degree, by the way. I've got a, a bachelor's of science degree. Mm-hmm. And um, I should I should study law one day, but I don't think they'd let me into the law society somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably won't let you in the building unless you're vaxxed. I, yeah, that, well, they won't either. Um, and they... Um, I studied the High Court precedent here in Australia, and I found out that um, fee simple title is absolute, and the Crown is not allowed to take it off you. 
And you have a similar law in the United States, which is UCC 1-308. And it can be applied, if you type in UCC 1-308, you will see what it says. And it can be applied to um, municipalities. If you don't want to contract with them, you don't have to contract with them. Well, these are all very interesting uh, theories. So let me let me just fi- find out a little more about your situation, Gwyneth. So 2016, you stopped paying the equivalent of the property tax there. Then they yep. came and uh, they put you, forced you to sign a bail document, putting you under bail yep. conditions. What does that mean exactly? What are your bail conditions? Like on my bail conditions, well, I can't that- even leave the house after 11 o'clock at night. I've got a curfew. So what are, what are they doing to you? They're, they're not current anymore. It was um, because what happened was um, they said, well, you've got to show up to this little backcountry courthouse in a month's time and, you know, uh, and deal with the issue then. So I showed up there and they, they had this document and they said, well, this is a, this is a payment plan, basically, and this is an, <laughs> which is an agreement to, to pay the, 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 the so-called debt. Okay. So I said, I want to take this away. I want to have a look at it. And um, they called it a court order, okay? Hmm. Um, and I, I still have copies of all these documents. I want way. you to hang on. Do you have time? I, I know you're on an international call here, but do you have time to hang on through yeah, no, uh, through the news? On. I can hang on. Okay, great. Yeah, I definitely want to hear more about this. we got a lady on the line, Gwyneth, from uh, Victoria, Australia. Says she hasn't paid, the man. She hasn't paid property taxes, it sounds like, since 2016. It she probably sounds like a pistol. Oh, know? I love her. Illegal in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's more coming up here. Hour three's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. Been so busy with calls tonight. We haven't even gotten to the main topic of the show, which is Conan's story about... I don't think we're going to get to it. ...World War III. I intend to get to it because it's pretty big news, Conan. I, we definitely should get we to gotta it. we got to have World War III before the end of the <laughs> Coming up, uh, that hopefully is on the way. With you tonight, it is Ian, by the way. Nobody. And Conan. Back to the phone. So we got a call all the way over from uh, Victoria, Australia, where Gwyneth is telling us about her odyssey of not paying what is the equivalent of property taxes there in uh, in Victoria. And Gwyneth, what are they called again? Pro- what's the term for it there? They're called, they're called land rights. Land rights, meaning you don't have any rights to the land. Right. Only the state right. has uh, uh, the rights. No, no, no. R-A- T-E-S. Rates. Rates. Oh, rates. Ah, okay. So, but you... It's not right. (laughs) You've done some research, and you decided you were going to go ahead and take the risk. In 2016, you stopped paying these land rates, and then they came after you with uh, what they called a bail agreement or bail conditions. When when was it that they came after you? Oh, gosh. When was that? That would have been... um, 2018. So you got a couple years. Were they sending you threatening letters in between the those those two years? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were. But the, what what 
Oh, was it 2018 or 2019? It was before. It was before the world went crazy. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it was 2018 or 2019. But I found I want to I want to detail the the um, the high court precedents that I used and what happened. Well, yeah. So you ended up okay. in front of a, a court. They came to no, you. No, I didn't. No. Actually, I didn't because um, what happened was uh, I went to the courthouse and there was no judge. Hmm. There was just a clerk there, meaning a guy behind a desk, and he says, oh, yeah, here's this document you've got to sign. And I said, am I supposed to get a court hearing? And he said, no. And I went, huh? Hmm. <laughs> and anyway, I took the document and I had a look at it, and um, it, it had written on the top court order, and I, you know, I said, I want to take this away. I want to have a look at it. Give me a week. And he said, yeah, fine, whatever. And uh, so I took it away and I took it home and I had a look at it. And although it was written on the top court order, I looked through the document and at the end of the document there was um, a name and a signature, but there was no judge's registration number. Now, every judge in the Commonwealth has a registration number and they all relate back a register that's kept at Westminster Abbey in London. So whose name and, and signature was on this document? Did you ever figure that out? Uh, no. Huh. <laughs> I, when I saw that there was no registration number, because I, you know, I've, I've fought a few legal battles before like with my kids and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I've stood in courthouses and um, you know, fought for my rights and usually won. Um, but there was no registration number. So I said, that's very, very strange. And so the, the judge that they claimed was, the, you know, the, 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 the name at the bottom of the document was A. Peters. And I thought, that's a really weird name. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know what a Peter is in slang terms. We do. A. Peter. Yeah, yeah you don't have to say it. We're on a broadcast Peters. radio. But, yeah, that's very interesting. A. Peters. I can't, I can't sort of detail, but yeah, people, people can work it out. And I thought that's really weird. So I went to the uh, Victorian Department of Justice website. They have a, a list of judges on the website mm-hmm. that are, are registered uh, with with their department. And there was no A. Peters there. And I looked on the uh, uh, federal register. Of, you know, federal mm-hmm. judges. There was no no name there of that description, and I, you know, um, I looked on the uh, register of justices of the peace, and there was no. Sounds like you did your due diligence. So, what did you end up doing I with this this fake order? I I made up an affidavit and I sent it back to them, saying that, that this is a fraudulent document. The name on the bottom of it relates to a person that doesn't even exist, as mm-hmm. far as I can tell. It looks as if you pulled his name out of a breakfast cereal box, and I'm not paying. Wow. Then what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ha- It's been four years, roughly, it's three or four years, years since then. Then what? This process of, of yeah. basically forcing you to pay your property taxes is usually a yeah. long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I you're only four, you're only three years into this. Cool. When? Where are they at now? Right. But they are in complete and utter fraud at this point. Okay? There is no way that any de jure court in the land will 
turn around and say this is completely legit, we're going to stand behind it. Because if they ever do, I'm going to the High Court of Australia. And the High Court of Australia has a, has a very long record of making good judgments with relation to this sort of thing. And while I'm here, um, the High Court precedent that I'm using, because you see the, um, the, the local municipality is a corporation and they have a tax number, okay? And corporations with tax numbers are required to abide by Australian corporate law if they're doing business in Australia. And under the Corporations Act, you are not allowed to compel your clients to contract with you. That contract has to be uh, by um, free will. I, I love what you're right. saying here, and it's a really interesting yeah. case. So the, the final question I've got so far is, you know, you sent this affidavit back to this fake court or whatever that uh, was fraudulently creating fake orders and for, the, and, for the, and for the gang of thugs well that they're all the same to me but what did they yeah. what's the next step what did they do did they continue they, to threaten you you know, you know what they did they they sent out they sent out a fresh version of their extortionate notice of demand with another fee on the bottom of it mm-hmm. to which i filed in my drawer and um you know uh, are you getting uh, do the uh, the land rates happen they, once they, a year do those keep coming are you continue to receive those they, every year they, they, they do keep coming and every few years they try and send a set of lawyers after me and I uh, point out the affidavit and I point out the fraudulent so-called court order which is fraudulent yeah it, it, you couldn't get more fraudulent than that so they haven't arrested and you the lawyers, since then and the lawyers what was that? They haven't arrested you. They haven't put you in jail since then. You're no. Wow. No. Hmm. no. Are there I'm other still, people in in Victoria around. who are doing this as well? Or are you the only person? Yeah, one or two. Mm-hmm. One or two, and eventually it does end up going to the High Court of Australia, and they say one of these again, and then they decide in favour of the defendant. I hope so. I, I hope you'll let us know, will you, if this, you know, as this develops, give us a call back. Conan, do you have a question? For I have Gwyneth? a very important question for, for you. Gwyneth, um, uh, is Australia an actual real place? <laughs> I mean, how do I know you're not a, a paid actor just leading us on? I mean, there are people who, it's a good story. who have been asking this question for my whole life. <laughs> Australia is a real place, and we do not walk on the ceiling here. <laughs> good, good to know. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gwyneth. Um, the, the, the other thing, the other thing is, I have a two-hour radio broadcast. You do um, okay on Wednesday on, on the GCN radio network. Actually, that's how I found out about Free Talk Live. Mm. Um, on the USA Prepares radio show, which is from nine until eleven uh, Central Standard Time on Wednesday. Meaning they're going to interview you? Uh, they they do it every Wednesday. Okay, cool. I have a two-hour radio broadcast with Vincent Finelli on the USA Prepares Radio. Well, you're an interesting lady, I got to say, and you got you got some uh, you got a level of courage that the average person. 
just doesn't even come close. I know they raise a lot of sheep in Australia, and I'd just like to thank you for not being one of them. Yeah, thank you, Gwyneth. Great call, (laughs) and thanks for joining us here tonight. On the way, our very own Aria Demetso is on the line. Uh, She is at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. She's going to give us a report on day number one. Then we'll also get to World War III, maybe, coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Kurt. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. We have our social media site. You go to social.freetalklive.com. It's a Mastodon system. That means it is federated. With thousands of other Mastodon sites uh, all around the world, and uh, it's competing with the big megatech corporations. Allows you to uh, express yourself much more freely than, say, on Twitter or Facebook. You can have your own account. It's free. Go to social.freetalklive.com. You can have your own server if you want. You could do that if you know how to, you know, if you got the chops, the technical chops to do that. But otherwise, just use ours, social.freetalklive.com. Our very own Aria is... On the campground at uh, the beautiful Rogers Campground, where I imagine it's uh, it's pretty dark up there right now, Aria, hitting the uh, the nine o'clock hour on the Eastern Time Zone on day number one of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the nineteenth uh, episode, the nineteenth annual, if you will. Uh, I think there was one year that they skipped it, maybe or no? It I was, don't think so. They skipped Liberty Forum one year. No, yeah, that's right. What it was was the first. Porkfest, Porkfest Zero was called something else. So the 2003 one that they had was called like Escape to New Hampshire. And then 2004, they started calling it Porkfest. So technically, mm. it's really the 20th one, but they didn't. They don't count that first one since it wasn't called Porkfest. I think that's the story. Aria, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going out there? Uh, you know, you mentioned it being dark. It's surprisingly not as dark as one would think for being almost 930. But other than that, I mean, it's packed. Dude. Already, like Mark, yeah. Mark mentioned earlier that it's like, like a Thursday of previous years. Nah, no, nah, it's more like a Friday of previous years. Wow. Normally at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Friday and Saturday are the two biggest days. So to say that on Monday that you've got a level of people there that is equivalent to a previous year's Friday is an incredible statement. I'm telling you, they're not going to have room for the for the group picture this year. It's going to be that, crazy. That, that field isn't big enough to hold three thousand people. Aria, they by the may way, very well not. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say you're calling in on the SIP line at sip.freetalklive.com. Yeah, it, it's, it's popping in and out just a little bit, but it's really clear. Yeah, it was mm. good, and then it got a little bad. Now it sounds like it's good again. Anyway, go go ahead. Well, I am in the mountains, so. Yep. But uh, I don't remember exactly what point I was going to make. Oh yeah, they may very well not have room for the you know the picture and the bowl where they get mm-hmm. everyone together because, from what I've seen, a lot of these campsites and RV sites. Uh, it's exactly what we expected, where one camping site is shared by four completely different people. Mm. So there's probably two to three times the actual number that they're expecting, I think, is going to end up showing up simply because of that. All right, here's one it's, of the most important questions. Is there a security crackdown this year, or is it still possible for somebody to sort of amble into the campground and uh, you know hang out for the day? Thus far, 
there is no real security. The pork rangers do exist, but mm-hmm. they're down there at the bottom of the hill like they were last year okay. and the year before. So that lesson seems to have stuck. Okay, good. So I, I have it. an even I, Arya, I have an even better question than that. More importantly, uh, are there little kids uh, walking around <laughs> the grounds selling alcohol <laughs> and drugs? Uh, alcohol? Not yet. Okay, that's too uh, bad. I was hoping that, for kids with alcohol. The kids have been very family friendly, and that's a weird statement. You could only make a statement like that at, at like Port Fest. <laughs> walking around selling like paintings they did and stuff like that. Someone told us that there was some years back there was kids that were just doing just that, selling alcohol. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the first day. Give it time. Okay. I, I'm sure there will be kids selling alcohol and various other substances of. That's a beautiful that thing. Might be interested in. Well, okay, yeah. so you I, got there this after early this afternoon, I presume. You guys got the Free Talk Live site set up at RV Site Forty Six. So anybody that's going to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you know, feel free to swing by, grab a bump, uh, bumper sticker. If you're a Shire Society uh, Declaration signer, you can grab a uh, a lanyard. Are they doing any kind of official name badges this year, or is the Shire Society the only way to get one? Shire Society is the only way to get one. Nice. And there are people asking about them, and. We've had a few signers already today, which is That's good sweet. because we've been at the site, you know, almost none. How about the Goldbacks? Are we seeing, uh, are the Goldback people there from Utah yet? Or are they going to come later this week? The Goldback people are here. It's the same nice. guys who were here, I think, two years, last, it's the same, last year was when it was. Uh, yep. It's the same guys, or at least one of them's the same guy. So we already know them. And they have the spot right there at the top of the hill, like right when you enter and turn to your right. Nice. That, that killer spot they have. Oh, there. wow. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I know last time they were just kind of tag teaming with uh, the barbecue place. So they've got their own place now. Oh, this year, as I understand it, they're one of the primary sponsors. Yeah, they of are. The Porcupine Freedom Festival. They are one so. of the top two sponsors. Is uh, our buddy Mark Warden from the Porcupine uh, Real Estate and uh, the folks over at Goldback. So that's that's pretty awesome. Have you been to see their setup yet? I did. They didn't have anything yet. What they're doing is sort of a a bizarre and open market kind of thing where if people are selling stuff and they're accepting gold bags, then they can set up there. Hmm. So they didn't really have a lot for themselves that they're selling. Instead, they're allowing other people to sell there because it's a good spot and it may be, you know, better than, you know, camping site 97 or wherever some of these other people. Oh, are okay. Yet. So, but, as, but I you, don't know. Campsite 97 rock. They must've brought, <laughs> uh, they must've brought gold bags though, right? Like they've got to be loaded up with NH gold bags. I'm certain they're selling gold bags. Yeah, okay. I did not ask because I, I brought my own gold. Sweet. But I'm, I, it would be weird if they weren't selling them. I mean, yeah. they're so popular here. Everyone loves them. I, I didn't encounter one place. Uh, you know, Sean, the food vendor here that runs the chuck wagon and a number of other food trucks. Yeah. He sold his food truck, so, and the guy who bought the taco stand won't take anything except cash and cards. So it's like, ah, oh. that's disappointing. That's, it feels like regression. Well, you know, it's wow. the beginning of the week. It's possible that some of these people could be flipped, you know, before yep. the week is Ooh, out. Because if true. enough people I, go, if it's... enough people go up to this guy and say, "Yeah, you take goldbacks," no, all right, see you later. Yep, uh, well, that's how it works. Of course, that's the other thing <laughs> is somebody could just let him know that if he decides to uh, take some goldbacks, that they'll take him off they'll his buy hands. it from him. Yeah, that's another um, option as well. Uh, all right, so there sounds like there's already a bunch of food vendors there. How many would you say are on the site right now? Ooh, man, that's difficult. Uh, probably 
10. Okay. That's solely a guess. There, there's a Euro vendor here. Nice. And, and we've never had one of those here. Oh, that so sounds that, awesome. That was surprising to see. How um, many of the, the food there's vendors? There's always Euros at a pork fest. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> early to know this because obviously you can only eat at so many places in one day. But how many of the vendors do you think are taking alternatives like Goldback and cryptocurrency? Well, I suspect almost all of them. I, I suspect the taco vendor that I stopped by earlier today is going to be one of the rare ones. I, mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago, the Porcupine Freedom Festival got a lot of festival goers who weren't libertarians to come, mm. promising them, you know, good profits and all that. So you got a lot of carny types here who weren't libertarians. They were right. just in it for the money, so they were only taking cash. Yep. I think that's probably what's going on with some of the vendors here. They heard, hey, look, it's a big festival. A big festival, right, yeah. Yeah. But Interesting. I, I, I suspect most of them are willing to accept goldbacks and cryptocurrency all right you guys what time are you going to start doing recording uh, tomorrow to kick off the tuesday show well we plan to be there at 8 30 in the morning that's uh, early <laughs> good lord yeah, i'm not yeah i there's zero chance i'm gonna make it but. yeah i always started i always said i'd start at 10 and then we usually started by like 10 30 11 uh but i look forward to seeing you on friday and hope everything goes well tomorrow we'll we'll get full coverage from aria and mark tomorrow uh starting at seven o'clock at night eastern on free talk live we got more coming up This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Tonight, in the studio, it's Ian. Nobody. And Conan. And don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. The features are free. If you want to sign up for, or it's not really signing up, it's just a copying of a link. If you want to follow our podcast, you go to feeds.freetalklive.com and we have a few different RSS feed links there. There's the main one that's got everything that we put out. There's the uh, digest only version and then there's the full shows only version. Plus there's also links to other systems like iHeart and Spotify and you know all those platforms on which you can also subscribe to Free Talk Live and receive the episodes of the show automatically. Uh, and that way it's super convenient to uh, to get them as they're released. You don't even have to bother to click and download anything. Just get it set up. Just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. Tom calling in California. Uh, Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was intrigued. I was listening to you talking about setting up a community down in Honduras. And my experience in Mexico, uh, I was in jail a few times. Uh, for a couple of days, you know, a disorderly conduct type charge, and that's a dirty, filthy society. You don't want to get arrested on there. And so, if you set up a community on a little island, what happens if someone dies or someone gets accused of a crime? Immediately, the authorities are going to come into your society. That's, that's what I'm Yeah, so you got kind of a wobbly sounding phone, uh, phone line there, but when I heard you say, you got arrested a couple times in Mexico and did not have a good time in the uh, Mexican so-called justice system. And your concern 
is regarding it's not my plan it's mark edge he's one of our co-hosts here and he's not on the show tonight although i'm sure we'll hear no end of it from him when he's at pork fest <laughs> yeah. and i don't uh, know if he's talking about an island he was basically talking about setting up right in the middle of an already established city no 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 no, no conan no, okay this no, is a new this is a new is this true. is a new scheme that i'm not no, familiar his with current the he's cur- like the wily coyote of liberty the current thing, <laughs> <laughs> the, the current thing he's got cooked up uh there's two places now there's an island location like on a beach and a low population island with like four five thousand people and then there's a mainland mountain setup uh that he's into as well and his idea is to just you know get some freedom loving people and hopefully the government will leave them alone if they pay them off basically as i uh, i understand it tom and they probably will for the short term. Well, I was just curious if you thought it through. What happens if something, you know, people need medical? You know, there's always going to be an emergency if you have sure. more than a dozen people. Yeah, people obviously, if you're out on a low population island, the medical uh, facilities there are going to be very limited. Whereas if you're living on an inland, uh, mainland location, you will have access to, you know, go to a hospital and, and pay cash probably on a relatively. No, Excuse me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm referring to a criminal situation where someone accuses you, you sold, you uh, killed Oh, well, you probably get someone. screwed over just like you, you would in any know. other uh, country. And I've been watching videos. You go look up a Honduran jail and watch the videos on YouTube, and it's no, it's, 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 it's not much fun. Yeah, if it's anything like uh, I've seen footage from El Salvadoran jails and other uh, central Venezuelan jails, and they are known for being three men to uh, a one man cell, right? Like it's uh, way overpopulated. If you even make it to the jail and you don't get conked on the head on the way to the mm. get thrown out into the bushes somewhere. Well, if you are a gringo, they may suspect you got money somewhere, so they probably won't want to like kill you necessarily. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. they do. It could get uh, pretty ugly, Tom. There's no doubt. Uh, there's definitely some risks to this Central American and plan. My further, excuse me, but what if you could buy an island? Because it occurred to me, all of the countries in the world have been started through war and killing people and stealing other people's property, basically. Well, how how could a person acquire a, a country? Yeah, no, their plan isn't to buy the island. Uh, the The plan is to just move there, basically. And Tom, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate it. Uh, they're they're just going to move to an island that's low population. Apparently, it doesn't even have any cops. Now, that's not to say that the mainland will not send the military in to take over or whatever. And that's that's my main my main objection is similar to Tom's is. You know, not so, not so much worry about being arrested, but like you can't trust the government to honor its agreement. If you go into one of these countries, and I don't care how wealthy they are or poor they are, they're going to appreciate the fact you give them a million dollars or whatever the deal is to make one of these special economic zones, and then they're going to decide to come back and take more. If you start doing well. Yeah. But, but, that's, but that's my big question as far as these people moving out to nowhere and starting from scratch starting with no mm-hmm. infrastructure is like what who who are you do you don't well, yeah we had do, one of those guys call as well do you know uh, how uh, you know how hard do you know That's how hard. hard it is just yeah. just just setting up a garden in your backyard and you have everything you've got a highway you've got water you've got electricity even that could be hard and no one's doing it and you want to, and you're talking about 
starting from scratch and setting up shop from scratch. Come on, man, get real. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I and wish that's, him and the that's, best. And that's why I kind of liked his whatever his whatever it was called, whatever his scheme was called, where he was going to buy a or set down and a plot. Basically, right in the middle of Honduras, one in one of their big cities. No, that was never a scheme that I re- that I. I think I hearing. think he was on the show when I was on, and we were talking about it. Maybe you misunderstood. There was, uh, there I, was I saw it on the map on Google Maps. There was an actual part of the city that was that was parti- I think you're partitioned of, uh, off. You think I think you're thinking of what's called Morazon City, and that is a physical location that is not in a city per se, but is relatively near to one of the population centers. Right, and they have walls around this city uh and it is supposed to be a place for like textile workers or low you, know, you pay 200 bucks a month and you get a mm. you know you get like an apartment or whatever basically that place exists so that's that's already happening it was supposed to be one of these special economic zones mark's been there you know he's toured the place and his main concern was that uh, there's a lot of kidnappings i guess that uh, that happen and he was worried about just going to the grocery store uh, in public sector or private <laughs> yeah, private. Yeah. With, with his with his uh, get the gringo uh, t shirt on, <laughs> everyone's like, "Hey, look at this! Yeah, he's got yeah. potential and it's potential like, uh, ransom money here." The reason why he didn't end up going with that one was, I think, because he realized he probably didn't want to spend the rest of his life in a walled off city where, in order to just get groceries, no you've joke. got to hire some local to go and do the shopping for you. You're just because you're too scared, at least according to Mark, to even go out. And uh, and you know be the gringo with uh, the big target on his back. I mm. I wish the man luck, but good, gotta get get realistic, man. I, I know well, world, Mark is really smart, but I don't understand what his infatuation with with his uh, going to an island uh, uh, concept. It just it doesn't. It's not easy. Well, it's, the world it, your needs life, crazy your, your dreamers. Your life will be miserable. Right? The world needs crazy dreamer types, right? And they got to try crazy stuff in order for maybe something to stick and and work. Maybe the island thing will work out. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, he's going to get an Acme missile, and he's going to strap it to his back. <laughs> and, <laughs> just, and just see where it takes him, see where he, where he lands. Yeah, see if he lands someplace free. <laughs> yeah, I, I get I get his frustration. Um, he's He feels like he's running out of time, right? He's in his, he's in his 50s. Uh, he doesn't feel like things are moving fast enough here in New Hampshire. And, and it's true. Th- politics is slow. Politics is brutally slow. You got frustrated by politics, right? I am very frustrated with it. That. Uh, so you know he got frustrated by that too, even though he didn't run for office. Like, but we have did. a lot more people in this in this state than we did ten years ago when I yeah. first moved here. There's record numbers showing up. 2021 was a record year for movers because of the Free State Project, and I suspect 2022 is going to top it. We're not even through half the year uh, quite yet at this point, but I think 2022 is going to kill uh, 2021's numbers. Good. And uh, 2021's numbers for the Free State Project were a good portion. I think it was like one tenth. Of all migrants to New Hampshire were free staters. Wow. I think that's the the case. Roughly. Roughly one-tenth. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Uh, but that's pretty impressive. And mm. so, you know, if you, if you really want to see a successful migration... We've got 20 years into this one. As of 20, as of 2003, that was when uh, New Hampshire was chosen. So it'll be 20 years coming up here in about a year or so. I don't know what he's trying to do either. He'd be lucky if he had our numbers after 20 years. Well, he doesn't need the same numbers because he's going into a smaller population. So, he, you know, on an What's island the population of, of Honduras. Well, but the island itself is like four or 5,000. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. Ian Nobody and Conan here in the studio. Maybe enough time for you if you get on the lines right now at 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. And you'll be able to join us in real life this week. We'll be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And then the next week at ForkFest. You can go to ForkFest.party to learn more about the open source decentralized camping, libertarian camping event that happens at the very same place as ForkFest. ForkFest is sold out, so if you don't have your tickets yet, well, good luck. Uh, but uh, ForkFest, of course, doesn't have tickets, so ForkFest.party is where you can go to learn more. Uh, we're going to go to the phones here. Kadu is on the line in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Kadu. Hey, before I ask my actual question, I want to make fun of Ian real quick. Ian, how many nights a week do you work? Do I work? Like, on the radio show. Uh, it depends on who's going to be on and who's not. So last week, Mark sat in a couple times, and normally he's not around. So I'm usually here like five nights a week. Oh, okay, I thought I thought it was six because I was just going to make it was, fun of you at, at one time. I was I was just going to make fun of you jokingly because uh, I heard you call into the show the other night. I'm like, damn, this dude works like six nights a week. And what does he do on his off day that he gives himself for his mental? What does he do on his off day that he gives himself for his mental health so he can stay sane? He this says, keep, "This is what keeps him mentally healthy." He says, he says tonight. He says tonight. I'm gonna, on my off day. I've given myself so I can stay sane. I'm going to call into Free Talk Live. Yeah, you're talking about the the Wednesday show last uh, week with the the ladies on it. I was I was listening to the whole show that that night. I don't always, uh, but I sometimes do. Six days shall thou work and do all that you're able, the seventh the same, and pound on the table. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what were you really calling about? Yeah, I'm I'm just playing with you. Uh, The real question was for the AMPS program, have you ever thought of doing uh, internet advertising with that money, uh, trying to... do that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, we did once upon a time, back before Facebook was as awful as it is. It was pretty awful then, and I tried that, and then I said, you know, I don't want to give money to Facebook. And we tried Google, and I said, I don't know, I don't want to give money to Facebook. So I've pretty much given up on uh, those sorts of platforms. But we have also done some advertising on some other libertarian radio shows, or not radio shows, but, you know, like podcasts. Uh, Sovereign Tech, for instance, who used to be on this show, Brian Sovereign, who's a free stater, mm-hmm. does a great uh, tech-oriented podcast. We've uh, been advertising on his show for the last maybe two or three years. So the answer is yes. And if you have any ideas as to what we should do, feel free to email them to me. Kadu, thank you for the call tonight. Definitely want to make sure Conan gets to the, the topic. <laughs> I, I told that, you this would happen. It happens every week. It's getting crazy <laughs> with these calls. Uh, but that's fine, though. Conan, what is going on with the World War Three? Who knows if this is just more hyped-up propaganda to mm-hmm. get us to get us, you know, all hot-blooded and, and seeing red and and hating the enemy that we were told is, I don't know, maybe this guy Putin. Uh, I see red every time I look at Washington. Because, mm. I mean, because it does seem that the whole Ukraine thing has been really kind of quieting down, especially with Juneteenth and Amber Heard, I'm sorry, Poop mm. Heard, Heard, or whatever it is, and all kinds of other nonsense has been cropping up. And, of course, uh, we're feeling it in other ways, you know, other problems here in the States. You know, inflation is no joke. Uh, and oh, yeah. can, and can and how many people out there really believe that this is in this is Putin's price hike? Putin's well, inflation. Putin didn't some people some, pe- some people do believe that, but I mean, how how, how much uh, is can you believe these these people who are telling you this nonsense? You know, a guy falling off his bike. You know, what does he really know? 
Yeah. Well, even if it's even if it's about Russia, they can solve that problem just by saying, "Okay, the Ukraine isn't our problem, so we're going to stop having, uh, uh, we're going to stop engaging in economic warfare." Because mm-hmm. apparently, Putin's, Putin's a lot smarter than Biden because his country apparently is doing better. It, well, was, I, I know that they're I know that they're doing better. all right, but I mean the the the, the media would would have us know that they are uh, about to uh, collapse. Yeah, well, that's propaganda. That's, that's what propaganda. they always say. Anyways, here, more propaganda from DailyMail.uk. Uh, Britain's top army general has told his troops to prepare to fight and beat Putin's armies in a European land war. It has emerged tonight. General Sir Patrick Sanders, who assumed overall command of the British army this week, Warn soldiers, we are the generation that must prepare the army to fight in Europe once again as Russia's invasion of Ukraine rocks global stability. In a tub-thumping message to British troops, he wrote, I am the first chief of the general staff since 1941 to take the command of the army in the shadow of a land war in Europe involving a continental power. The scale of the enduring threat from Russia shows we've entered a new era of insecurity. Quote, It is my singular duty to make our army as lethal and effective as it can be. The time is now, and the opportunity is ours to seize, end quote. It comes as Putin menaces NATO countries and this week taunted former Soviet state in Europe by declaring they are a part of historic Russia, Hmm. which has been his thing the whole time. He had his three Mm -hmm. plans, you know, go in there, take care of the, the Donbass area, make those areas sovereign, and take Crimea back. Which he's, which, he's, which he's been working on. Western Ukraine, not the whole country. Putin made the comments in response to a dramatic statement by Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan uh, President Tok, uh, Tokayev, who sensationally declared he did not recognize the self-proclaimed people's republics of Don, Donetsk and Luhansk mm-hmm. in U- eastern Ukraine. Tokayev sat meters away from the brooding Russian despot, at the St. Petersburg Economic Forum yesterday, described the DPR and the LPR as a quasi-state territories. We don't recognize Taiwan, Kosovo, South Ossetia, or Ab- Abkhazia. Hmm. We apply this principle to the quasi-state territories, which in our view are the Luhansk and the Dantesk people republics, the Kazakhstan president said in a daring defiance of Putin's war in eastern Ukraine. The Russian president sat quietly considering Tokayev's comments before appearing to deliver a calm but quietly menacing warning. What is the Soviet Union? Putin asked rhetorically. This is historic Russia. And I like how they they said that that somehow that's menacing. Hmm. He said quietly, menacingly quiet. I don't know. He went on to paint he went on to paint Kazakhstan as a nation friendly to Russia, but quickly added the same thing could have happened with Ukraine. But they wouldn't be our allies. Uh, Maximilian Heese, a fellow of the Foreign Policy Research Institute, told the Telegraph that Putin's re- retort to Takeyev was a clear threat and mm-hmm. argued that Takeyev was reliant on Russian support following r- widespread riots in Kazakhstan in January, which were only quelled with the help of Russian paratroopers operating under the Collective uh, Security Treaty Organization. As he sends in paratroopers to deal with a riot. Hmm. I guess it, get, it depends on how big the riot is. Hmm. And I guess it depends on what this president asked for. 
I mean, he asked for help, mm-hmm. and I guess they either sent what he asked for or, just went, or went overboard. Who knows? Well, where was the mention of World War III? Did, we, did I miss that? Did you already mention? The, uh, the, the general, top general that was just uh, put in charge this week. And the of UK course, guy. And UK, did he and, say World War III in the actual comments? He said a European, he said a European landlord, landlord okay. which, is okay. happen, which hasn't happened since the last land war, right. which was World War II. And of course, later on in this article, uh, let's see, uh, Boris is introduced and has some has some comments. Of course, he's been going down there and meeting uh, Wag the Dog, uh, Wag the Tail, uh, Vladimir Lewinsky, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Zelensky, the the comedian, the yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, and I think he mentions some World War Three, but they can't really they can't really say World War Three, of Russia course, can did? they? They can't really. Uh, uh, well, he, of course, because they're uh, they're the bad guys. But as far as all well, they said it in their own propaganda, as all as far as all these countries that are uh, committing proxy war, mm-hmm. they, can't they can't actually say, say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can send the money and they can send the resources and they can go shake hands with the actor, the comedian. Uh, but I don't think right. they can actually say World War Three yet. But I think that, uh, uh, as uh, I mentioned in the opening, this is uh, uh, more saber rattling. Uh, it's more getting us prepared for what might come. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a brand new general, and the military-industrial complex sure wants they love this to it. Happen. They love it. They got to send all the old uh, munitions to Ukraine, all with with no batteries, you know, broke stuff, uh, so that they can start building and uh, creating new munitions that they can sell to whoever. Whoever, whoever has the money. You mentioned the ruble's doing real well. It is at a seven-year high compared to the dollar just recently. So, mm. doing much better than it did prior to the invasion. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, we are out of time for tonight. If you didn't get in, then apologies. You probably will not be able to call tomorrow unless something goes drastically wrong from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We are expecting to be in recorded format for the next um, number of days. It's possible once Mark leaves from the campground. What does that mean, recorded format? Uh, meaning we record the show when we are at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival because it's just easier to do that way. It's easier to get guests to come in. It gives us way if more you, flexibility. If you could do it in the day, middle of the day. day. Talk dead. Yeah, we do it in the middle of the, <laughs> the middle of the day and then we wrap, you know, wrap it up by like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and then the recorded show just airs on uh, the, the, uh, the air. So probably gonna, not going to take any calls the next several days here on Free Talk Live, but stay tuned.